Hello! Welcome to Be Your Best Self-Health Chats, weekly casual conversations about taking health into your own hands. I am your host, Kristen Longacre. Maybe you've heard the words inflammatory foods before. Maybe you haven't. Maybe it resonates with you as soon as I say it and you're like, oh boy, here we go. Or maybe you're thinking, what in the world is she talking about? Either way, keep listening. More so than normal lately, I've been hearing the words gut health, inflammation, heal your gut with this supplement. You're eating too many inflammatory foods. Your body's inflamed. To be honest, it's not a bad thing. It's something we should all be paying attention to. However, if you aren't planning on making healthier nutrition choices, no amount of shakes, juices, drinks, supplements, etc. are going to solve your problems. Truth bomb time! Honestly, inflammatory foods are everywhere. Chances are you ate one for breakfast, if you ate breakfast. While we won't get rid of them in our daily diet, they're too convenient and, as busy people, we need convenience. It's important to be aware of them and what exactly they're doing to our bodies. Before we get too far into things, I need to give a disclaimer on this episode. I am not a doctor. I am not diagnosing you with inflammation, and I am not telling you to cut out every inflammatory food on this planet. What I am offering you is information about inflammation, what it means, and in order to work specifically on your issues, depending on the level of problems, I highly recommend a nutrition coach, that's me, registered dietitian, or a medical professional. These are important things to know. It's important to know what inflammation is. It's important to know what inflammation can do to your body. However, taking advice in the comment section of a Facebook group might not be the best way to go. And I am just saying that nicely. I am in a lot of sports moms groups and I have seen suggestions for probiotics and supplements and different types of happy juices recommended for 14 year olds many, many times in the last few weeks. They might not need them. And you'll understand that as we get further into this, but that's something that I want to make very, very clear. I am not diagnosing your specific issue. Sorry, had to get that one out of the way. For starters, let's tackle what in the world is inflammation and what are you talking about with these inflammatory foods? Think about when you get hurt or you run into something and you suddenly start to get a bruise on your arm or your leg or whatever. Or maybe you get them not even knowing what you ran into. That happens all the time, right? This is inflammation. It is bruising. So when we say your gut is inflamed or your gut needs to heal, this is what we're talking about. Your gut is bruised. It's swollen on the inside. Something's not functioning correctly with it. But it's on the inside. You don't get to see those bruises on your skin when your gut is inflamed. Your your stomach doesn't suddenly turn purple, right? You know, it'd be convenient for you to know like, hey, my gut's off. It's turning purple again. Our gut tells us things are off in ways we don't expect it. And that, I think, is why gut health is becoming so popular right now. Because 
I mentioned I'm seeing these things recommended in Facebook groups. Yes, a lot of them are becoming popular because they're coming from network marketing groups or MLMs, whatever you want to call it. But the reason that they're getting to people and they're getting their attention is because what gut health really means is when your body is healed or your gut is in a great functioning state, like functioning at 95%, like it should be versus 25%, like many of us are, issues come out that you might not connect to gut health. Your gut is known as your second brain, believe it or not, they do call it that, because your gut controls a whole lot about your body that we don't even realize. So when your gut is off or when your gut is inflamed, things like anxiety, are higher. Acne and eczema pop up. Energy is lower. Brain fog is common. Arthritis flare-ups can happen. Reflux, bloating, problems going to the bathroom. All of those are just a few signs of gut health issues. So I'm in these Facebook groups, like I've mentioned, and the big one lately has been acne, eczema, and then lack of energy. So they're recommending some kind of supplement that heals your gut. Great, but these kids are 14 years old. (laughs) So that's the reason I bring this up. And that's a big place that I've been seeing it. So yes, their gut might be off when it's 14 years old, but every person is individual. So when you, your gut is inflamed, it means something's not right. But when my gut's inflamed, it might be different than when your gut is inflamed. And it doesn't necessarily mean a lifelong problem. It just means that in this exact moment, something's not right. But the good news is, oftentimes, most of the time, it can be healed. And I'm not going to talk about healing with supplements today. I'm going to talk about healing with food. Because despite what many, 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 many people say, the best way to heal your gut is healing it with food, assuming it is simply gut health problems. Now, if there is a greater problem that is causing the gut health problems, we're not here to talk about that. But when it comes to simply your gut being off or you being somebody who has gut health problems, the number one place to start is to look at the food that you're putting into your body. We live in a society where processed foods are a go-to. We eat a lot of them. We eat Cheerios for breakfast. Not wrong with Cheerios, but there's inflammatory foods in them. Not saying that's a bad thing, but again, We eat Cheerios for breakfast or Fruit Loops or cornflakes or whatever it is. We eat oatmeal with all the sugars in it. We grab a Lean Cuisine or a Slim Fast shake for lunch because we're quote unquote on a diet. And then for dinner, we've got practice or recitals or rehearsals or homework or tutors or whatever it is. So we run through the drive-thru and we eat more processed foods. So what do processed foods have to do with inflammation? There are five main inflammatory foods, and quite often they are found in pretty much every processed food out there. Um, You'll find at least three or four of them in everything, but a lot of times if you look at the ingredient list, you're going to actually see all five of these in pretty much everything processed. They are gluten, which can also be on a list as wheat, dairy, so milk, butter, all that kind of stuff, cheese, you know, soy, eggs, and corn. 
You could probably throw sugar in there to processed sugars in there too, but that's a little bit different. That's already processed, therefore it's going to be inflammatory. For today, we are going to focus on gluten, dairy, soy, eggs, and corn. Those are the five quote-unquote number one inflammatory foods. So those are the ones to look out for. Now keep in mind, not all of them will necessarily cause problems for every person. Some people might be totally fine with gluten, dairy, soy, and eggs, but corn throws their stomach off. Or maybe you're totally fine with everything but eggs. Maybe you can't do gluten, or maybe you can't do gluten and dairy. But every single person is different, and how it's going to come out in their life is going to be different. For some, it's going to be the bloating. For some, it's going to be eczema. For some, it's going to be anxiety. And I'm going to share my story really quick with inflammatory foods. Um, I've shared this before, so if it's a repeat, just listen with me. There is a point to it. In February of 2020, yes, the timing can be important, maybe not important. Um, My anxiety was pretty, pretty bad. Um, I had been on anxiety meds for three years at that point. They had been working. They were doing great. I was doing great. But my anxiety was bad. I was trying to hit a certain like macro goal every day. I had been working out for months and I kept gaining weight. My anxiety was bad. I was forcing myself to work out every single day because I didn't like my weight. And I finally on a whim picked up a book called The Anti-Anxiety Diet. And when I say that book changed my life, it literally changed my life. Um, I am in nutrition because of that book. Well, not just because of that book, but that was the like catapult of me getting into nutrition coaching because my son had had some gut issues and we had seen like the difference between a kid who was on gluten and a kid who was not on gluten. And it was night and day. Um, So when I read this book, the first thing that I learned was that the two foods that can trigger anxiety the most were gluten and dairy. In order to hit these macro goals, I had been eating a lot more gluten than normal and a lot more dairy. And I've been dairy sensitive most of my life. Like I've on and off had problems with dairy my entire life. But I was eating these things because I was trying to hit a certain goal to help me lose weight. But I was gaining weight and my anxiety was really bad. So that was two ways that gut health issues came out. I eliminated gluten from my diet and dairy, which was not hard for me. And three weeks later, I had dropped like seven or eight pounds. My anxiety was way more in check and things were back on the right track. So in this case, eliminating two inflammatory foods made a huge difference. Now, as somebody who has in the last eight months potentially been diagnosed with celiac disease, doctors say yes, test results say no, go for whatever you feel like going with here. When I started treating that by eliminating gluten and dairy exclusively for my diet. You know, I still had it occasionally, but when I eliminated it exclusively, I've seen things kind of get back on track. And now when I eat them, my anxiety skyrockets. So these are ways that inflammatory foods can come out. But like I said, every single person's different. So right now, because you have anxiety, I'm not telling you to go just completely straight up eliminate everything but I am telling you to take a look at how your body reacts. I always, always suggest that people keep a food journal, and we're going to get into that in a little bit, but that can tell you a lot about your body and inflammatory foods. So 
how do you know what your body likes or doesn't like? Now, first of all, a medical professional or a trained coach would be huge right now. Um, somebody to help you evaluate a food journal or evaluate your body in its current state uh, would make a really big difference. And I do recommend a food journal regardless of whether you're working with a medical professional or not. Just keeping track. And I'm not talking calories and macros and whatever. I'm talking writing down the foods you are eating and 30 minutes later, how your body's reacting. I actually have a short little mini course that is five days long, like five to 10 minutes a day on how to food journal. Highly recommend that. It's called Five Day Food Journal and I'll link it in the show notes here. But it's going to teach you all about that, about how to keep a food journal and how to see what your body's reacting to or not reacting to. And then working with a medical professional or a trained coach, going through an elimination diet. And it's not something you necessarily should do on your own. In fact, you really shouldn't do it on your own because people are trained in it to make sure that you are still getting the right nutrients while eliminating certain foods. But going through an elimination with that trained coach or medical professional can help you get a really, really good grasp on your body and why it's reacting to certain foods or not. But if you simply just want to start making healthier choices for yourself and limiting your inflammatory food intake, where should you start? Let's talk about three ways. So this is assuming that you are a healthy individual just wanting to make healthier choices for yourself. Okay, we're not talking problems here. We are talking making healthier choices. The first place to start is reading food labels. Become familiar with what foods make you feel better and what don't using that food journal. And start to pay attention to what's in the foods that do make you feel good and what's not in them. So if you're starting to eat foods that are filled with gluten and dairy and you're feeling miserable, take a step back and try something else. Now I'm not saying eliminate them, but take a step back and try something else. Focus number two is focusing more on whole foods versus processed foods. Now what's whole foods versus processed foods? Um, whole foods, the best way that I've ever seen it described is you can picture where it grows. For example, you can picture where corn grows. You see a cornfield. You can picture an apple picked from a tree, that kind of thing. So whole foods are foods that grow somewhere on the land. Processed foods are pretty much anything that comes from the grocery store that's made in a factory, whereas whole foods come from the land. It might not be the salt that you're eating that's making you swollen or bloated. It could actually be one of these other inflammatory foods, but by focusing on whole foods, you're going to see better results than you are shifting to quote unquote healthier versions of processed foods. But this doesn't mean eliminating every single processed food from your diet immediately. We can still eat processed foods. It's an idea of knowing what you're putting into your body and balancing it with those whole foods. I always suggest when somebody is making transitions to eating more vegetables and stuff that when you look at your plate, half of your plate should be vegetables and then fill it in with the protein and your other carbs so or your fats. So like you make a hamburger on a bun, which your bun is processed and there's nothing wrong with that. And then you have half of your plate is like steamed asparagus or grilled corn or something like that. And then you have your fat. So what's your fat that goes with it? You know, whatever it is. 
The third thing you can do is cooking more at home versus eating out. You have a better idea of ingredients when you are cooking at home. You know what you're putting into your body, especially when you're cooking with whole foods. There's nothing added to sweet peppers. <laughs> like if you're buying a bag of sweet peppers, the ingredients are sweet peppers. Um, you don't want preservatives is basically what we're trying to avoid. Now, when you're eating out, a sweet pepper might also have five other things in it because it was being preserved or it was drenched in butter to make it taste better with all kinds of herbs and salt and whatever. So cooking at home versus eating out, you have a better idea of ingredients. And that's a big way to help avoid some of these inflammatory foods. Now, what should you not do? A detox, a cleanse, a specific kind of juice, etc. Do not jump into a five-day five detox just to get these inflammatory foods out of your system. That's not going to fix things in the long run. Please don't do it. Do not jump in without working with someone who can help you make smart choices. Again, when you are eliminating certain things from your diet, you need to make sure your nutrients are being covered. So pay attention to that. Do not eliminate all five of them and hope for the best. Trust me on this one. I have been through elimination diets before with trained professionals, and it is not easy when you eliminate five those five things from your diet for multiple weeks on end. Is it worth it? Yes, but is it easy? No. So that's why you work with a trained professional and let them help guide you through an elimination diet if that's what they decide is necessary for you. Being informed about what you're putting into your body is the best thing you can do for your health. It is something that we have had thousands of conversations about over the last three years going through the pandemic, but knowing your body and the food that you are putting into it, food is the conversation here, can make a big, big difference in how your health reacts in the long run. Little changes like making tweaks to these inflammatory foods can add up to huge results in the long run. As always, it's great to have you here. And if you have a chance to visit iTunes or Spotify to rate and review, I would greatly appreciate it. The more reviews you give, the more people that can find this podcast. Send it to a friend. Come check back in next week.